Okay, uh, welcome to The Dark Room Prophecies, episode 6. Um, thank you for joining us. And today we have Jamie. What's up, everybody? And we have Danny. Greetings, Earthlings. And, um, yeah, so. We're back. We're back, We're back again for episode 2. And Kraton. And you guys are going to have to uh, figure out what that means and research it by yourself because it's way too awesome to blow up the spot. And Kraton. Um, so just remember that. And there's a big portion of people out there that probably know what we're talking about. And there's going to be a lot of people who don't. And that's the beauty of it. I sort of know because you told me about it. Right. And that's. Uh, Starts with a K, and that's his, the the last hint we're gonna give about it. <laughs> probably do, we could probably do a show about those kind of um, those kind of things. Right, right. Um, but anyways, I want to talk about this book you mentioned the other day, called "The Future of Mind." Okay, so um, who's the author? When did this book come out? I think this is the hottest book out right now that fully, really, like summarizes. All this uh, research and about the brain and about technology that's going to actually be a the the game changer. The world has already uh, the game has already changed, but we're going to experience because of the internet and because of Web 2.0, YouTube, Facebook, all that shit. But it's about to change in a major way by the year 2017, and it basically is we're going to become X Men and. Not by ourselves, but with the help of technology. And it's all in this book by uh, Michio Kaku, a uh, theoretical physicist. And the book is called The Future of Mind. So I want to put that out there. I'm not making this stuff up. I didn't do the research. It's from a book that's on the New York Times bestseller list. So it's out there for people to check out. But basically in this book, they go over the... The research of, um, of in neuroscience that's going on right now. So they start with split brain research. Now, uh, for years, like philosophy has been debating about um, what who we are as um, on the inside. So is there a soul? Is there a ghost in the machine? All these different things, and people still haven't figured out why we hear voices, why schizophrenics hear voices why certain people see UFOs, angels, and demons, why some people are geniuses, uh, like why some people have photographic memory to where they can uh, see an entire bird's-eye view of a city and draw every avenue, every alleyway, every light, every tunnel from, from memory, just seeing one image of a city. And then there's people who, um, obviously, they... Uh, Man, don't forget. Or there's people, oh, who have the opposite problem. They can't remember anything. So those people are stuck in the present moment forever. But, um, so the first thing in that book that they talk about is um, they took a religious person, a hyper-religious person, and they severed the corpus callosum, which is the bundle of axons that separate the right the right and the left hemisphere of the brain. 
And what happened is that they were actually left with two people. So that saying that we're actually all two people in one walking around, the double-headed eagle, all that, that's another one you guys have to check out by yourself, um, double-headed eagle. It's not metaphysical BS. It's physical, straight up, you are two people in one. So what happened was when they severed the corpse colostum and that religious person, one side of them was an atheist and the other side was a believer. And they would, act, they would battle back and forth. The two sides of the, the brain would battle back and forth. And um, it was really weird because they'll tell this person to like raise your right hand. And they'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and it was like two people in one body. <laughs> and so, um, that, so the dominant side of our brain is, is the voice that you hear when you talk to people. That's our ego and everything. But the other passive side is the part that uh, maybe is what's intuiting, that's getting, um, that the unconscious, basically. But, um, what, I, <laughs> what I was going to say is, hold on, dude, I totally <laughs> fucked up the whole thing. No, talk about the, um, talk about the technology that's involved that you're, you're mentioning. Um, okay, so, the technology that we have at our, at our fingertips right now is, um, if you've ever seen the movie Inception, there's a suitcase that they carry around in the movie that allows people to enter into other people's dreams. So that technology actually exists right now, and it's about the size of a suitcase. It's going to be the size of a cell phone pretty soon. But um, you've heard of lucid dreaming, and believe it or not, there's people that are skeptical about lucid dreaming. I don't know why, because most people have accidentally experienced lucid dreaming. I'm sure you guys have. Yeah, for sure. On accident, where you're just having a dream and you suddenly become lucid and you notice you're dreaming. It's not that big a deal. We've all done it. But a lot of scientists weren't convinced. So anyway, they had to make that machine in conjunction with an MRI machine, which already exists. And they found out, oh shit, you do lucid dream. How do they know? Because you could look at the brain activity. Um, while the person is dreaming and when they become lucid there's a there's a change and there's patterns that they can um, track and compare it to a dictionary that they created with a supercomputer that um, tells you what people are thinking and it shows that yes people are becoming lucid and um, there's also a technology they have now that can videotape your thoughts it's not, and we can uh, maybe pull up some pictures of those at some point, but the images that they are able to recreate of your thoughts are not exactly um, identical yet, but it's pretty close. So they accidentally discovered that you can videotape dreams too because the subjects that were being studied actually fell asleep while they were having their thoughts videotaped, they fell asleep, and the machine kept going, and they said, holy shit, we're videotaping their dreams now. What? So they coincided. Exactly. So mm-hmm. somehow they deciphered the signal in the brain and well, digitized it. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. They digitized, digitized your thoughts. It. Yes. That's exactly what they did. That's crazy. And they do it because they did it. It's, it's sort of a cheat. Because that's they have to cheat 
because there's no way you can actually see what people are thinking. What you can do is you could track the patterns in, in the brain that appear when people have certain thoughts or certain emotions, and then you can create a dictionary from that. And from the dictionary, that's how you recreate the images with the algorithms from the supercomputers. That's way above us. Right. I don't know shit about that, but it's just that's, I know that's in the book. That's what, how they do it. Well, you can kind of see it on like a, on a daily scale, just the, the whole idea of like text to speech on your phone. And then they have <clears throat> um, speech to text. And then they have Stephen Hawking's thought to text to speech. And so it's kind of like pretty soon, I mean, this is kind of going on a different, different tangent to what you're saying, but if they could do thought to speech to thought, why couldn't I be wearing something, you be wearing something, and we don't have to talk? Dude. And, but that's like a digital, that's a digital um, cosmic consciousness. Exactly. It's a Wi-Fi, it a Wi-Fi consciousness. It already exists in us. We're capable of telepathy. We've just been dumbed down over these years. And so yeah, they're trying yeah. to reproduce it and take advantage of it and make money off of it, basically. Yeah. yeah. Happening. That, yeah. It's digital that, Wi-Fi consciousness. Digital Wi-Fi consciousness. <laughs> and it's like, they got, in a way though, it could, be, it could be awesome because what if you have your natural telepathic powers, but you amplify it with the hmm. technology? But we'll see, what's, what's kind of fucked up is that like the technology kind of like is so good that they don't even have to be that powerful because they have the headbands now that allows you to open your garage door. Something your about car it just seems kind of creepy. It's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's fucking... Oh, man, you're just on it. It's creepy as fuck because of this. If you guys have ever seen the movie by David Cronenberg called Cosmopolis, it was a movie that came out about two years ago. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, but it's peppered with philosophical gold nuggets. The only reason I'm not nice. a fan... Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I'm not a fan of the show is because it has a dude from Twilight. So I'm not a 14-year-old teenage girl, <laughs> and I'm just not a fan of that shit. But uh, in the movie, there's a speech by the girl. And um, there's a re reoccurring theme in the movie that says that technology is inextricably pegged to capital. Money. So because of that... The whole world is trying to hurl itself into the future, into this hypothetical future where we're, everything's perfect, where we're these like masters of the universe and everything's perfect, we live forever. But the problem with that is in exchange for that to happen, we lose the present moment. And it's in the present moment that you experience joy, contentment, um, all the magic of life, you experience right. it in the present moment. So as long as we're chasing this hypothetical future, you're never going to arrive there. You're just constantly looking forward more and more, but you're never going to arrive there. So in a way, so like what you just said about um, sounds demented, like something fishy, right? There's just something, something about that doesn't about, yeah. sit right. Exactly. And that's one of those and things. And that's our intuition as human beings. Like that. So, you know, if something is... If something is manipulating us, we're going to have an intuition that it's not right. Dude, yes. It's like, so we're trusting technology over our own intuition now. So I think that's a problem. But, like, the thing is... I think it's um, a problem, too. Yeah. 
And like, uh, we don't have a choice whether this uh, about this. Let's call it the transhumanist movement. We don't have a choice. Okay, so anyone that's trying to fight it, you're not going to be able to conquer this. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough power. Um, and this is this is realistically speaking. I know that we're supposed to be self empowered and all that shit. That's different. You can always empower yourself. And center yourself and learn to locate the present moment yourself. That's how you empower yourself. But you're not going to go out there and conquer these move these friggin' corporations. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> All you can do is arm yourself. Um, arm yourself. Get your tools ready. Get your damn tools ready. That's kind of what mm-hmm. this is all about. Just because of all of all the stuff we talk about, all the stuff we read, or whatever. It, it's kind of just this rabbit hole of paranoia. And right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, you know, yeah. we always come back to it, it. You can only really work on yourself, influence yourself, and hopefully influence people close exactly. to you. Exactly. Set an example and and move forward. That's it. Totally. And um, I just want to bring up another creep um, drug that's coming out that could be hell in a pill. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> but it's a pill. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. So yeah. is, this the, is this the one that, uh, that can control. controls your time? You are. Time perception. You, you're right on the mark. Okay. It controls the time. It some... slows your perception of time. And what they're why? Okay, we don't know what the hell why or really why they want to invent this, but they they're talking about giving it to prisoners so that a prisoner can who has to serve consecutive life sentences or who has like a thousand year sentence in prison will actually have to serve it only it'll only take them eight hours but in their minds it's going to feel like um a thousand years that's psychotic it is and it's um i don't think you can come back from that i don't think you can either like how would you friggin be able to readjust to the normal time that the real world is on if your brain is aged that much yeah and um Mm -hmm. Something else that's pretty fascinating is uh, this whole notion of time as an illusion is actually starting to become a, uh, a fact that time is an illusion. And it only exists, time only exists in creatures that have memory. So for example, uh, animals, they live in the present moment forever. So when they react to their environment as things happen, and that's it. Humans... What sets humans apart from animals is that we predict the future. We live in the future. We plan for the future. So we do this because we have memories. So everything that's happened in the past, we have a memory for, and then that makes us daydream, predict, and plan for the future. Animals don't have that. So if an animal gets cold, it immediately shuts down into hibernation. If humans get cold, we start preparing for the whole winter. And how to stay warm throughout the winter. So we're always in the future planning ahead. And this is only made possible by memories. So uh, there's an interesting case. Um, this guy who suffered um, brain damage to the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain uh, where memory works. Um, he lives, the day that he suffered the damage was when he was a young man. So from that point on, his the rest of his life stayed in the present moment from that day he had no memories right it was his life is groundhog day the movie groundhog day was based on him 
Oh, what? Yeah, so when he goes on talk shows, he'll inter- introduce himself, and by the end of the show, everybody has to reintroduce themselves because he can't remember. So one day he woke up as an old man, and he looked in the mirror, and he freaked the fuck out. Because he was like, I'm an old fucking man. He finally, like, re- he finally remembered? No, he didn't remember. He, didn't he remember. was just like, why the fuck do I look like an old man? Oh, oh he, he didn't he, remember aging. He, yeah, he doesn't have He just the, remembers everything up till he turned yeah. in his 20s. Yeah. So until he, the day he had the accident. Yeah, he's not, he hasn't been tracking his progress. Uh, wow. And, um, but it didn't matter, because the next day he just forgot about that. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, it's fucking weird. But there's this other researcher out of England named uh, Anthony Peake. Okay, now Anthony Peake's theory on life is reincarnation, but not the type of reincarnation where you come back as a bird or you come back as uh, some other human being. What what it is is basically you're dreaming and wake. Basically, um, he's saying that when you die, you don't really die. You you. It feels like you're falling asleep into another dream, but you wake up, and it's the same life. Your life. Your life. Because there's infinite variations on just your life. There could be the, the your life where you woke up at 12.01 instead of 12 on a Sunday. So there's infinite variations on just your life alone. Right. So what he's saying is that when you die... You keep reliving your life over and over and over again until you live the perfect life, till you get it right. Till you're like, that's what all this fucking multiple lives living through. It was so I could learn this thing and do what I was meant to do. And then at that point, you probably return to the zero point energy. And we don't know what happens at that point. But what he's. I have had the similar um, theory, though, that like when you die in your dreams, maybe that was in a whole entire parallel universe, another life. That maybe you did over and over and over yeah. again, right? You, you mm. die in it, and you're waking up to your everyday morning, but really, your your whole life is a constant process of dying and birth, death and birth. Of course, of course, definitely. And so, like, now the science is actually leaning towards that because we've, we've figured out, like, the brain is this puzzle, but we're starting to crack every code. Like, So, okay, here's another interesting thing they talk about in the book that has to do with memory. You actually require more brain activity to forget than to remember. Mm. Remembering is automatic. When you see shit, it's all recorded. It's imprinted there. That's not the hard part. The effort is in forgetting. You have a whole part of the brain that works on forgetting. So that's why there's geniuses that, like I said earlier, who can see, who can look at one image of, uh, like from a helicopter, they can see one image of New York City and draw the entire, every nook and cranny just from seeing it once. It's because those people can't forget. They have damage to the part of the brain that allows them to forget. And so that's why they have that superhuman ability. It's and it's actually really irritating, they say, because some people have what they say is like split-level vision, where things they look at is in the present moment, but half of the, their image is from 30 years ago. What? Oh, damn. Yeah, and so that's why this whole idea of like past, present, and future, the illusion of time, it's starting, we're starting to crack the code. What's that helmet you could put on? And you could see other dimensions and realities. Fucking A, dude. That's a real technology. 
fuck. What's it called? The God Helmet. The God, God Helmet. Okay, so now they got this thing called the, the God Helmet. God you, Helmet. You put this shit on, and it makes you see... It makes you feel like you're in the presence of angels or demons or just other beings. And a lot of people describe um, that they're having like this spiritual experience. Now, here's the weird thing. They wanted to see if they could change the minds of believers with this uh, helmet and also change the minds of atheists with this helmet. So they took the most hardcore atheist on the planet, this guy named Richard Dawkins. All his books are about atheism. And they put it on him. Then they got these Catholic nuns and they put it on them. You know what happened? Richard Dawkins, he didn't change his mind at all. He's like, I don't care. I'm still atheist. But what was interesting is that the nuns, for them, the helmet was even more proof of God. They said that what they described is that they said, God has given each and every one of us a telephone in our minds so that he can communicate with us. And this helmet is just proof of that. So in the end, Michio in the book kind of makes a joke. He says, so the bottom line is, you're not going to fucking change anyone's mind. <laughs> like, right. With all this technology, you're not going to change people's minds. But what would you, what was, what's the scientific idea of the, the God helmet? Well, are, are they seeing I'm, other dimensions? Are they seeing... Well, here's the thing. What are they seeing? We don't know what they're seeing. They're just seeing whatever is it, inducing, it is seeing. inducing hallucinogenic experience? Yes, that's what it's doing. Okay. But I wanted to add something. Is that like they're saying that um, it's... People from history, Joan of Arc, Alexander the Great, uh, people that said that God is telling him to do these things, that are having frequent visits from angels, demons, even aliens, they're trying to say that um, this is a chemical phenomenon that we can recreate chemically, scientifically with this helmet. But here's the next thing. That still doesn't say that it's all an illusion of the mind. My personal thing is it's not an illusion of the mind. You're just tuning the mind to a different frequency, like a radio, and you really are seeing into realities. They're not illusions. They're other realities. So I sort of side with the nuns more on this. What do you guys think about that? I agree. There's so many frequencies we still don't understand <clears throat> and don't even know about, you know, and they're still finding them and discovering them. And, and even in us, there's so many yeah. just different layers that, that we need to learn how to open or deal with and be passive in or change or there's this multiple multiple layers and that then that coincides with the frequencies that are around us and what, what else is going on everyone else's layers that tree's layer or layers you know this piece of furniture's layer it's just it's all it's all intertwined it's all yeah dude because when you break us down more and more we're energy exactly mm-hmm. You got that shit. And so, like, um, <laughs> and, and, um, what, what yeah, else? that's what's crazy when it comes to, like, quantum physics and stuff. They can break down everything, and then they find out that every, all matter is just, like, a particle, a light particle. Yeah. So then we're just, so on that sense, we're just, we're light, we're light beings. We are friggin' light beings. And it sounded like so much new age garbage until now, where they're like, "No, we actually." Well, there's science are. to prove it now. Yeah, now it's like now we actually are. But they're weirding out on too because they'll be like, like quantum entanglement, all that stuff. Right, right. You can exist in two, two, two. They're kind of proving um, multiple dimensions that way. 
because they're, oh, like, they're, they're kind of proving like uh, this <laughs> particle of light can exist in um, three different dimensions. Yeah. So that or multiple dimensions, they they can prove that. So why can't we exist? So it, it kind of just explains. Oh shit! Now you bring up the future self. Yeah. Now you bring up the future self, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I hate to say this. When you get ideas, when you get inspired, when you get these original ideas, you're probably getting it from your future self. It's your future self sending messages back, and it's communicating with you. It's your daemon. Well, that, that's uh, the idea of the past, present, future living all in. It's all our, happening at once. At once. Mm -hmm. It all exists as waveform, right? Every possibility. That's why they say if you can imagine something. Have you ever tried to imagine something, just anything, and you can't really imagine anything you want? Um, there's only a certain amount of things you actually visually imagine. And if you can imagine something, it actually exists. Somewhere in the universe. We're not saying in this room. Somewhere in the universe it exists as a waveform. When you collapse the wave function, that's when you set things into motion. And the reality opens up. So that's why um, future states, like when you have a goal or something, if you've ever imagined yourself being a CEO of a company or being a, a prima figure skater, just whatever. If you've ever dreamed of those things when you were a kid or imagined it, it's because it's possible. That reality exists. And it's already happened. Because you imagined it, it already has happened. You just have to collapse the wave function and go through. See, people will doubt, though. They don't understand that because, you've already, because you can imagine it, you've already created the doorways and that reality, and now you just have to walk through. They don't understand that that's physically real, so they quit. And they don't follow the synchronicities and the doorways that are opening right, right in front of their eyes. And um, it's just fascinating because this book... The Future of Mind goes over all this and it shows you the physical science to back it up. And um, That's the thing. That's the thing. I think a lot of books and a lot of that stuff sounds kind of far out there because they don't break down the scientific part, yes. which, is where, which is how we learn to learn. Just, yes. Exactly. Just our upbringing. It's just like math class, science class, da-da-da-da-da. Experimentation, hypoth hypotheses. So then when someone comes out with this thing called the secret or whatever, yeah, exactly. it just sounds like... They, they, it, it sounds yeah. crazy. It just sounds like some wishy-washy bullshit. But guess what else is crazy that they talk about in this book? They talk about uh, this thing called TIE, which is Total Immersion Entertainment. And so the way we like watch movies nowadays is on a flat screen, two dimensions, with sound. So... Total Immersion Entertainment is going to beam the emotions from the characters into your mind. So you're going through everything they're going through, whether you like it or not. <laughs> the horror, the, the, the love, the funniness, all that shit. You're going to go through it with them. And of course, it's not going to be on a two-dimensional screen. It's going to be 3D. You're going to be in it, basically. You're going to be totally immersed in it. Yeah, virtual It's reality. Total Recall. Oh, fuck. Another thing they did is that, you know, Total Recall, the movie? Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's like um, Arnold gets. Um, We're talking Arnold. about the original one. Yeah, the original. Yeah, the original, of course. <laughs> the new one's okay. Um, I didn't like it too much, but 
Yeah, they didn't really go. It wasn't funny enough. It's mostly an action movie. Yeah, mostly yeah. just an action yeah. movie. But in the Arnold one, he is um, he the, the movie begins and and Arnold is living this life where he's the good guy because he had false memories implanted in him. But by the end of the movie, you find out he's actually the bad guy, and that the good guy was a um, was false memories. And so uh, they actually have that now. You can implant memories. So they did it to a mouse. Um, they they taught a mouse how to eat. Um, or the next one is going to be on monkeys. But the mouse, they basically um, taught it how to do something. So now it has that memory. They extracted that memory, and the mouse no longer knew how to do that thing. What? Yeah. Then they re-implanted the memory, and now, or they actually took that memory re- and implanted it in a different mouse. And that mouse now knows how to do that. So the fear in this is that we're going to be out-competed. So people that are going to be able to have access to implanted memories, they can just learn, I'm going to be a computer programmer. Boom. So they know how to do it now. So that's scary shit. Um, that kind of reminds me, this is the whole different thing, but kind of, but uh, on the biological sign, side of things, <clears throat> everybody, they're finding out that, okay, you know, they say that you have like 5,000 different bacteria in your mouth uh-huh. or 500 or whatever. It, they're actually finding out that it's more like, 500,000 different ones and everybody has their own ecosystem so just like just for like your mouth thing just this is just like just a small example of what could happen but let's say like me I have shitty teeth and you have really good teeth maybe you were born or have a bacteria that I don't have I had braces but whatever (laughs) when I was you know yeah so so maybe they could find the one that you have let's say Mr. Perfect Teeth has it and then they could give it to me and grow it in mine. You know what I'm saying? What? So that so like uh, they're already doing that with fe- you've heard of fecal implants. Yes. People can, can people that have like digestive problems or whatever they could take this dude who has perfect digestive system take his bowels take his shit because it has all the bacteria and enzymes in it. Shit. St- stuff it up. Stuff it up someone else's butt. <laughs> And then now, and then now that guy has that those good bacteria. That that's what probiotics is. That's what probiotics, well, that's what probiotics is. is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nicer way to describe it is probiotics. <laughs> Dude, and it's like but the, they, they they still don't know what the fuck though. Like, they're like, okay, take five thousand strands of this a day, but they don't know how many you need. They're winging it. Yeah, basically. they don't know. How, it, it's different for everyone, you know. Yeah, but once they lock that down. Yeah, I mean, there's five hundred thousand. It's gonna take a little while, but exactly. Once, once they, they lock, lock that, it down, once they lock that down, you know. Wrap it up, man. It's so a, like, it's an insane ecosystem of bacteria, you know. It's crazy, man. So like the sci-fi world, we're in it right now. We're in it right now. now. The future's right now. It's people. just not evenly distributed, because I mean, there's, there's parts of the imbalance. world. There yeah, people that don't know about this shit. I mean, everyone has cell phones now, but like, there are parts of the world where like, they're still like a thousand years. Yeah back doing things how they were before and the weird thing is do you think there's a difference in happiness actually yeah they found out those people are happier the ones back in the day right yeah like Mm -hmm. it's weird because Mm -hmm. we have all these like advancements but it doesn't change our our fulfillment because like when you still study like poor peasants and everything they still uh don't have anxiety and they have like high levels of happiness whereas like we have all these um we got viagra we got cocaine we got like we got so many things. We got internet. We got all these gadgets. And uh, well, it's kind of like the, all those studies on social media. All that social networking, people are, feel more isolated than ever. 
Oh uh, yeah, exactly. It's just um, we're we're racing into this future where it's supposed to be uh, Eden, a utopia, but um, is that even a possibility? Because maybe to even exist, you need struggle. Um, I kind of think that. I mean, your physical body, obviously, like if you sit in an office all day, your physical body's not being challenged by the environment, so you you just like wilt. Whereas like people that uh, have to do labor and stuff like that, they're usually more like fit. So maybe struggle's not such a bad thing. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, don't be for anything. Don't be for against anything. You just got to be you, and you got to center yourself. And, um, work on yourself. Work on yourself. And it's badass no matter what. We're going to be in the rhythm, in the pocket the whole time, going toe-to-toe. In the pocket, in the, the flow. Right there, toe-to-toe. So <laughs> stay tuned. This was um, – we got Busy Lives too. But, like, you know, we filmed the podcast once a week, bringing it right at you. Um, eventually, we're going to get things going, bring it on to two a week. So There we go. For right now, um, we'll just wrap it up with that. Yeah. Leave some comments. Um, yep. Thanks for listening. Apologize. Share, share for, this. Yeah. Spread it out. Yeah, um, rough start, but you know. <laughs> you just check us out at hammerguys.com. You can check Jamie out at theotherlevel.org. Uh-huh. And also check out thewormholes.org. And, um, We're out. That's it. That's it. Laters. <laughs>